welcome to the 1% Podcast. My name is Avi Wiswer, social media influencer and motivational speaker. Every week you hear an inspiring message. We hear from a person that is on their journey to success. With each episode, I hope that you can take something valuable with you, become 1% better in your life. Thank you for stopping by and let the growth begin. Welcome back to another episode of the 1% Podcast. As always, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for showing support. And thank you guys for showing love on every single episode. I have a guest with me today, a female guest. Her name is Afia Letford, a.k.a. The Savage. If you want to introduce yourself, let the people know who you are. Hey, guys. <laughs> Afia Letford, a.k.a. Afia The Savage. Um, what, if you want to give a brief description of what you do, um, I'll let you... Um, okay, so I'm a personal trainer and a strength and conditioning coach. I teach group strength and conditioning classes and one-on-one training on the side. I also write programs, do all that fun stuff. I myself am also an athlete. I compete in functional fitness competitions, battle bunker, high rocks. I'm going to get into some CrossFit stuff this year. Nice, nice. The first question I want to be able to ask you is who came up with the nickname Savage? So, a few of the Savage came way before fitness. Um, when I was in college, I had worked at this spot called John the Juice, and I was the first female hired in the country for this company. And I remember I got behind the bar day one, and we used to like do speed races who can make juice like the fastest. <laughs> and I was making juice the fastest, so the Danish guys started calling me Savage, Savage. And then it kind of just like stuck. I was like, oh, a few of the Savage. <laughs> So that's where it came from. When you, I saw in your profile that releasing your inner savage, and obviously you know you you ran with the nickname and you went went for it and went with it. To people that you're teaching in the training spaces, what does releasing that inner savage mean to you, and what should it mean to them? I think releasing your inner savage means you know letting go of doubt and fear. And I feel like a lot of times people are scared of their potential. They don't know if they could be this person that they've always wanted to be. And it's just like, relax, give yourself positive reinforcement and just be that person. I wasn't, I didn't always feel like a feel the savage. I was like, damn, I want to be one of these people one day. And I kind of just like molded into this fake persona until it basically became my personality now. So with all the fears and all the doubts, what has fear or letting go of that doubt what it has what has that meant to you and have you had any struggles with fear or maybe uh i would say confident issues within certain things in your life i've always had super super terrible confidence super insecure i had really bad social anxiety when i was younger and i was introverted um and actually my handle before a few savage was awkward in person for very for a very long time and I was just, I always felt left out. I got bullied a lot, like sad, sad. We're all good now, but I always kept saying to myself, like, damn, I want to be the popular kid. Like, damn, I want to be like this confident person. And then one day it was just like, you can be that person. And I think once that like clicked in my head, I was like, stop being a fucking loser. <laughs> I kind of like, as I said, molded into this person. Yeah. How did you uh, start your finish, your own finish journey? Um, so at the time I was working for this company, Joan the Juice, and I was traveling around state to state. I was in DC and I had an eating disorder and I just started gaining weight. I've never been fat, but I was like skinny fat because I was 19 and I was just working like 72 hours a week. I had a really bad breakup 
I had no friends because I was in a new city and I didn't know anybody. And I was just really sad. I would never use the word depressed because I just like don't believe in using that word. And then one day I was kind of just like, after looking in the mirror every day and be like, wow, you're literally disgusting. I was like, all right, maybe I can change. And then I went to Equinox, got a trainer and was like, all right, it's time to time to make a change. And I was with that trainer for a year and a half. And then that's how basically started my fitness journey and got me into it. Okay. What made you want to be able to come a, become a personal personal trainer? And why is teaching, why is it such a passion for you? So I've always wanted to help people. Like when I was younger, I wanted to be a cop. I wanted to join the army. I wanted to be a doctor. And the common thread that I found was, Afia, you just want to help people. I just didn't know how I was going to be able to do that. So then when I found fitness, I grew up playing sports, but I was never good at anything. And once I started to see the change very quickly, I was like, well, you don't have to be born an athlete. You don't need to be born with these natural skills. Like you, I can turn into this. And I was like, if I, this little fucking loser can make myself like this amazing athlete and this person, I was like, I think I could help other people do this. Right. And that's basically how I got into it. I was like, I want to help people. And I got into this specifically wanting to help people like me, people of color, because I feel like they're the people that need it the most. And that's basically why I do it. I want to help my community, help my people, help us all be better through fitness and wellness. Because once you get your mind right through wellness, you start eating properly, all these things, it opens up the potential for you to be creative in all other aspects, whether that be financially, you know, with your career, with your family, how you take care of your body and your mind then translates to all areas of your life. I agree. I think that, you know, in terms of active service, I think something that it's free. And obviously, we're not owed anything. We don't owe people anything. But if we can just kind of use that in a purposeful way, I feel like giving that energy out will receive it back in five, 10 times more than we may give it out. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, the, the acts of service, if somebody is not really understanding and want to know where they want to go within their purpose, I think the acts of service is a great way to kind of insert yourself and basically go about, okay, well, I don't know what I want to do, but I could just get back to others. And in doing that, you'll be able to find out and understand and kind of learn about what your mission is and your purpose and your why to do things. Um, Exactly. I want to kind of relay this question to you personally. What has fitness and working extremely hard? Obviously, I see in your workouts. What has it taught you about yourself? I mean, a few years ago, it taught me that I'm a quitter. (laughs) I was like, if I'm bad at something, I didn't have like that natural urge to be like, all right, let me try again. Let me keep going at it. I was like, wow, you literally try things, you do them. And if you're bad, you don't ever want to do them again. And I think that was an important thing for me to learn because now I've learned that if I do want to do something, I'll do it relentlessly. Like there will be nothing that stops me if I say, this is exactly what I want to do. I'm going to do it. And fitness has taught me that because we're not born fit. You have to work for everything. And it doesn't have an age. It doesn't have a race. It doesn't have anything. In order to you know, be in shape or look a certain way, everybody has to go through the same process. You can't cheat that process. So it's definitely taught me you have to work hard for the things that you want. And I am now not, in fact, a quitter. <laughs> Was What I want to kind of go with, where I want to kind of go with that one is that I think people are very scared of rejection scared of failing and i think it can prevent them from succeeding and within our failures within failing in that moment we kind of rip off a band-aid and obviously the scab is 
the scab will be able to grow. But within the scab, you'll realize that, you know, it wasn't so bad. I might have fell off the bike or I might have failed at this. I might have failed a PR or yeah. I got laid off from a job and it's not the end of the world. Yeah. You know, there's always so many things that are bigger out there and bigger out there for you that if you just continuously follow on that path of, I, I would say, righteousness and following on that path of I'm going to take this path. And I'm just going to trust it. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And kind of living with the result, I think, is something that a lot of people should be able to take with them and should be able to understand in their in their own journey of success that it might not work out in this avenue, mm -hmm. but it might work out in the next two or three avenues that you try to go through or the next door that you try to go through. What I kind of want to know a little bit more about, you know, failing because within your journey and the reason why I want to know is because it seems like you are very comfortable with failing. It seems like you're comfortable with rejection more than the average person. I like that it makes it, I make it seem like that because I fucking hate failing. Like I've developed a relationship now where I'm like, ah, okay. But honestly, it's not a fun feeling. I think that for some people failing helps them re-motivate and really get going on their um, goals. But for me, at least, when I fail something, especially if I put in a lot of time into it, it's just my negative thoughts come back. I'm like, why are you doing this? You know, imposter syndrome. Like, I start going crazy. One thing that I've learned is to fail fast. Mm. So not necessarily being scared of failing anymore, but all right, Afia, you failed. This happened. Oh, I fucking hate it here. Da, da, da. Let myself feel those emotions, but then bounce back. And the bounce back time has been significantly better. In the past, like, I failed, and it's taken me, like, months weeks sometimes even years to get out of that rut and i think over time it's like training a muscle so like you're always going to be sore you just learn how to deal with the soreness better so i don't think that i enjoy failure i still hate it and it still makes me feel you know these negative feelings but i understand now that it's part of the process and i just have to keep like bouncing back from it and getting through it quicker and not just focusing on damn this sucks in the moment but focus on all right it sucked now what okay interesting it kind of, uh, the way, the way that I want to, it, it sounds like I heard a Will Smith, Will Smith quote, and it said, uh, fail fast, fail forward and fail often. And basically, you know, we know his story growing up and a lot of those things, but I think with failing often, what it, what it, like you said, what it teaches you is that, you know, you'll get back up, you'll continuously get back up and you'll, you realize it wasn't so bad. And within that process, it won't make it any easier, but it will make it better. And you'll be able to process it a lot quicker to yeah. be able to, all right, work. It didn't, it didn't work. It failed, but now I'm going to get back up and continue to keep trying. Yeah. Um, I also know that there's some people within their stories that I don't, I want to say have a dark side yeah. a backstory. Um, which made them go like extremely harder at their craft or made them want to lock in 110%. What is Afia's backstory and what is her dark side? Hmm. I mean, that's a very good question. I think that I have like two significant backstories. One of them being I'm an immigrant and I came here when I was two and a half and both my parents are immigrants and I'm not sure if you're familiar with immigration policy. Most people aren't. But um, my parents are legal. I fall under DACA, which is Deferred Action Childhood Arrival. And from a very early age, my mom always told me, like, you have to work three times as hard as everybody else because you don't have certain things. And it's been one of those things 
that has held me back from a lot of opportunities throughout my life. And most of those opportunities, I didn't really see it as a failure, but it was just like, damn, like, I can't do this. What now? And because of that, I feel like that's really where I got, you know, most of my drive from. I'm just like, well, Afia, you, you don't have the same opportunities as everybody else. Like, I don't get financial aid. Like, I can't leave the country. Like, there's a lot of jobs and things that I can't do. And I'm just like, you have to make yourself, you have to be the hardest working person in the room. So even if you don't have these things, people will still want you. Um, so that has been like what's been driving me, I guess, from my childhood. But as of recent, especially like with fitness and stuff, it has been like that dark place where I was like, you're a lo like, imagine waking up every day and being like, you're a loser. You look disgusting. Like, you know what I'm saying? The whole nine yards, not having anybody to talk to. I didn't talk to my family at that time. I didn't talk to my friends. I didn't have friends to talk to. And it was kind of like back against the wall. And I was just like, what are you going to do? You're going to learn a lot about yourself right now. Like, are you going to be one of those people who just lets life pass you by? And I always felt like I was a person with a lot of potential, but that's the thing. Potential doesn't mean anything if you don't act on it. You don't want to be that person where it's just like, that kid has a lot of potential. This person has a lot of potential. I'm just like, I've heard that my whole life. And I'm just like, are you actually going to do something or are you just going to be another person with potential who fucking dies? You know what I mean? So I think just that period where, as I said, just wasn't eating properly, wasn't sleeping properly just overworking, had poor relationship with myself, with my family, with people that I was into. I Negative self-talk was a big thing back then for me too, just saying it out loud. Like, I mean, I still use the word pussy quite frequently, but I used to be like, wow, you're really a pussy. You know what I mean? And once I got out of that rut, I can't, I mean, hopefully, fingers crossed, there's not another dark period like that. But I feel like since I made it through that, that's what's been keeping me going. I'm like, you never want to be in that place again. I never want to be an average person again. And right now I feel like I'm a fucking superhero. And that's the trend that I want to stay on. Just never going back in that hole and feeling like that. Getting to that dark place. But in the grand scheme of things, I feel like we always over embellish like the negative aspects of our life. I can say like immigration stuff aside and that dark period aside. I had a great childhood. I'm not going to sit here and be like, I had this struggle story and I had to push through all these things. I feel like a lot of our problems are made up in our mind and they're problems we can solve. We live in America. You know what I mean? We have the freedom to change our life and do what we want. If you think about most of your problems, it's just like, I can solve that. I don't like my job. Work harder, get a different job. I don't like my body. Work hard, get it. You know what I'm saying? It's not like the government's oppressing us or we don't have the freedom to do these things. Wow. You hit on a lot of topics. And yeah. I, I think where I want to go with this one is the, the negative self-talk. Because definitely in my life, I've definitely dealt with a lot of negative self-talk. And I think... We are our own worst enemies. We can literally, the, it comes to a point where sometimes it's not what other people say to us, it's what we say to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that can be the deciding factor if we are successful, if we push through, if we yeah. are able to get through that storm or not. Because the mind, to me, is the most powerful weapon. Like any other weapons, no nuclear weapons, no yeah. anything. Because the mind could be able to, it could dictate how you feel, could dictate how you view yourself. Even though other people may see you as a, bigger than who you are or they may see you as a as a lion but you when you look in the mirror you see like a, a fucking mouse yeah. you know and i think it's that perception of yourself and being able to sit with yourself and really digest and fully love yourself regardless of the circumstances or what you've been given or how the story is dealt or what else is going on i think can really propel you to go through and it's very toxic to to have this sort of 
negative mindset where you feel as if you're not good enough. You look in the mirror and you don't like what you see or you don't like what you're doing. And I think the where a lot of people go wrong is that they complain. Yeah. And they there's no action towards it. Amen. And the potential that you talked about is I grew up playing basketball and I always heard, hated the word potential because potential is like everybody has potential. Yeah, it means nothing. Yeah. Everybody has potential. But within those, within knowing that, the actions that we now want to take to use the best of our potential and kind of have that untapped potential within ourselves, I think would be able to tell us and tell our story and be able to go a long way. Um, so I'm really great to, I'm really great to hear that you got out of that, you know, dark side or yeah, the dark back place. side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't really want to know, kind of know what that, what that was like for you because it's coming to the country basically alone and not really having anybody says a lot about your character, says a lot about yourself. Now on the other side of things and becoming extremely successful. As I've known that you have gained traction on Instagram. Yeah. So a lot of love. A lot of people will be posting your stories. And you've actually came up a lot on my uh, Explore page. Hey. I'm, on, yeah. <laughs> I'm on the workout <laughs> side of things. What has the love and the community that you built, what has that meant to you? It means everything to me. And, you know, I always make this joke now. Everybody's like, oh, you're famous now. And I'm just like, it was a matter of time, in my yeah. mind at least. Right. Because that's how I was moving with a purpose where I was just like, I'm already feel like I'm this big star. I'm this big person. I was like, everybody just got hip to it just now. <laughs> um, but it does mean a lot because I remember initially when I started posting so much, everybody's like, why are you always recording? Why are you always doing this? And I, I kept thinking to myself, like, growing up, there wasn't anybody in my community. I didn't know anybody who was into fitness like this, especially women. I was just like, there was nobody I had to look at, especially like I grew up in Canarsie, Brooklyn, which is like basically the hood. <laughs> and, you know, people were doing so much. I'm not going to say people were doing drugs and doing all of that because I didn't see any of that. But there wasn't an emphasis placed on health and wellness and in the black community, high blood pressure, heart disease, all these, you know, major diseases. We don't really talk about health and fitness. And it's kind of like you get clowned for it. I mean, aside from being young, but like, my dad's overweight. Most of my family's overweight. And that becomes like the norm. So for me, it was important to show people that I grew up with, not like new people that I met in my adulthood, like, hey, I'm in shape. Like we can we can um care about our health and fitness. Now I grew up drinking Arizona's bacon, egg and cheeses. Like I didn't know any better. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, maybe I can be that positive person that's like, guys, we don't have to eat like that. Like we can venture out of the community. We can do other things. And I just started posting a lot just to inspire people I grew up with, people around me. And then obviously that grew to other places because of social media. And like, that's all I want to do at the end of the day, help people like me who are like, damn, I'm a loser. Like, no, you're not a loser. Like you can do this. If I could do this, you can do this. There's no special thing that I have that nobody else doesn't have. And I think that grit and mindset is something that for the most part is taught. Like you're not just born with it. And Instagram just gives me a platform to help people. And that's what I want to continue to do. I told you since day one, all I've ever wanted to do since I was younger was help people. And now I know exactly what to do. And Instagram gives me just like a bigger place to do that. It kind of that you were, that you were on because understanding that you were already that person before the world, I guess, caught on or they wanted to, oh, this is a fee and, you know, she's a savage or yeah. all of these things. And I think that's extremely important living with, living who we want to be right now and the external world the external time will eventually catch up and if you see yourself in that light of 
I'm already this person now. I'm already a billionaire. I'm already, you know, successful. Yeah. It just takes a matter of time until the the time of things, until as some would see it, oh, it just, it all works out. But you've already known that yeah. it has worked out or it will work out. And just having that undeniable belief and that radical acceptance in everything and how everything will pan out and trusting, you know, God, the universe, whatever you may the believe process, in. Yeah. yeah that everything will come into fruition. You kind of also said something about that's something that you're not born with. And I think that mindset is sometimes we're either born with it or we're not born with it. Do you think that is something that we are born with or do you think it's something that's earned? I definitely think I agree with both. But for the most part, I think it's something that, you know, you're taught or you learn or you grow into. I actually read this really uh, good book by, uh, called Grit by Angela Duckworth. And she analyzed like high performers and did a lot of case studies on like kids and stuff. And it was like, they'd give like these little kids, these puzzles just to see how they would respond. And some of the kids would just get frustrated and throw the puzzle out. And some of the kids would like sit back and just like continue to try to figure it out. And she was just trying to analyze, like, is this something that they're born with? Cause how come these kids stopped and these didn't, or she had like another one where it was like these office workers. She just told them to run on a treadmill didn't give them a lot of time and a lot of people stopped because they didn't know how long they were running and a lot of people kept running and she was really trying to understand like why and I learned so much from that book especially about myself because as I said I my mom always told me when I was younger you're the most fearful kid I know like things like the monkey bars I did not do until I was like 14 years old where my legs could literally touch the ground because I was scared to like jump up and it all goes back to what we were saying about like um speaking positivity into the universe I say a lot of things that I don't even believe myself. Like this whole Afia the Savage thing, I used to say, no, you're Afia the Savage. Like other people think you are. I didn't believe it, but I was like, if I keep saying it one day, it's going to happen. It's the same thing. Like to bring it on a smaller scope, like day to day when I'm working out, obviously it's hard. You'll never meet, hear me say in a session, like I'm tired. I'll be like, this way is fucking light. I'm not even sweating. Do, do I believe that? No, but I'm like, just tell yourself like, this is easy. You got it. And I think it's the same thing. I was like, you are this person. Do I believe that all the time? No, but I'm like, just keep on saying it because one day it's going to be the truth. Like fake it till you make it is always like such a negative statement, but I believe it. Like fake it until you actually believe you are that person. I'm this, I'm that, I'm going to be great. I'm not great right now, but I will be. And it's all about language and words. And I think they're so important. And I speak so much about winners and losers. And it's not even necessarily about winning to me. It's about having a winner's mindset, which is, all right, I may not win, but nobody can stop me. Like in my head, I, even if I lose a competition, I don't lose because I still feel like I'm the best person there. I just haven't unlocked that level of fitness yet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I just, I can't stand the word can't, I can't stand the word try. That to me is loser vocabulary. And I just don't even want to hear it when clients say it, when friends say, it, you know what I'm saying? We don't talk like that. It's not, I can't do this. It's I'm going to do it one day. You know what I'm saying? Just rewording these phrases and making sure we believe it. I, I don't really don't think that there's, I don't believe in, as long as you, as long as you make an attempt and you give it your best effort, I don't think that's losing. As long yeah. as you put your all into something and it may not go the, the way that you wanted, I still don't think that's a loss. I think that obviously, yes, there's a lesson in there that you could be able to understand maybe what could I have done better yeah. to improve on next time. But as long as you, quote unquote tried or as long as you gave it everything that you got, I don't think that's a L. I think that's a massive W. I think that within that you can be able to see 
I gave him my best attempt. I did everything that I could have. And now I know what I need to do better. And winning is something that obviously, you know, is glorified on, you know, social media where it's showing the life that other people live. But what actually is winning? It depends on the person. You know what I mean? What what would you determine to you? What would what would you determine success? What does success look like to you? In general? Yeah. In my life? Yeah. Well, I guess in, in general in your life. In general, I think success for me is helping as many people as possible, leaving an impact on somebody. Like, I don't just want to... It's not necessarily that I have to be remembered. I just want to teach people something that they carry on for generations and generations. And if that's through fitness, like, I help you get in shape and now you create positive habits for you and your child. And now, you know high blood pressure decreases, like the family is happier, everybody's focusing on their sleep, they're feeling better. We have more time to be compassionate and love each other because we feel so good about ourselves mentally and physically. And, you know, you continue to teach those habits to your kid. That's success to me, just helping others. Um, that makes me happy. And I guess success is also being happy. Obviously, success is monetary as well. I'd be happy if I was comfortable. Like, I can't say that I could be poor and be happy, but at the end of the day, for me, it falls down to helping people. That's always going to be the trend. And as long as I'm doing that, I'm a successful person. Like right now, I do believe I'm a successful person because I do help people. You kind of basically stuck on the one of the last questions I was going to ask you, but it, it kind of goes about your legacy when it's all said and done, you know, when you're you're laying on your on your deathbed and you reflect on your life. And obviously, as you continue on your path of coaching, social media, all of these things, what do you want your legacy to be? I want everybody running around being like, I'm a savage. <laughs> you don't got to be like, I'm like a Fia. But I want people to genuinely have that confidence in themselves and believe that they can do anything. Because I, I feel like the only thing that stops us, as you said, is yourself. We're all capable of being a savage. We're all capable of being this person. It just It's just a matter of when. Right. One day you can literally wake up and decide I'm going to be this person. It's you don't have to take steps to get there or whatever. You just have to wake up and say, I'm no longer a Fia. I'm going to be this woman that I want to be and step directly into that. And my legacy would just be inspiring people to continue to do that and them inspiring other people to do that so that we have a world full of, full of savages. It's not just me on Instagram. Like, hey, <laughs> um, this was this was great. Um. I do want to, I kind of did this uh, a couple of podcasts ago um, where, you know, obviously I'm asking the questions. Is there any questions that you want to be able to ask me on, in terms of any perspective that you want or anything that you want to know? Um, I kind of just want to be able to give people that space if there's something, you know, I'm asking them the questions they might be curious about. Oh, what is, what do I do or what is something that I believe? Um, yeah, I what do able... you do? <laughs> so, Okay. In terms of in terms of what do I do in terms of just in general or in general, I'm also curious about the name of this podcast and why you decided to start it. Okay, so the One Percent Podcast is I started this podcast because you know people would see my short term content that they're like you know what I'm a, I I kind of want something longer. I want to be able to hear what you have to say in length. Yeah. Uh, about different t topics, about different things. What's my perspective? I believe that like you, we can become better. And I think that we try to find better in just making this astronomical change, mm -hmm. just making this 
change in terms of oh we're just gonna become like this overnight. Yeah. But I I want to wanted to I, I saw something in Atomic Habits and it talks about the one percent effect. Yeah. And the one percent better to me is finding that one thing, whether it's in your life, spiritual, mentally, emotionally, physically, whatever, and creating a better version of yourself by one percent. And by doing so consistently over time, you start to see that 1% over seven days now turn into 7%. Yeah. A month, that's 30%. And in a whole year, that's 365%. So now you're a whole different version of yourself. And like you, I want to be able to inspire other people to become the best versions of themselves in every aspect of their life. By any means, I'm not the most perfect person in the world. There's still things that I'm working on and still things that I'm working through. But I'm trying to become better every day. Yeah. And I think that within this podcast, I want to be able to have people on that are not on that same on that same track that want to become better. Yeah. That, you know, maybe a thinker, maybe, you know, they they train, they work out, they do all these other things. And as long as they're becoming better to me, they're they're a perfect fit for the podcast. And within that, I want to be able to, you know, inspire other people and kind of create a message of community that, you know, whatever you're going through will eventually subside. And as long as you're making that 1% better. Wow, that was deep. Okay. (laughs) Do you do this full time? Um, Well, I would say that right now it's not full time. I would like to, at some point, be able to monetize it and continue it full time. Um... But I also want to become uh, a public speaker, you know, like the the Gary V's, the Tony Robbins. Yeah, I want to become I love like those them. guys. So at some point, you know, I already know that, like, like you already know that I'm that person now. But it's just yeah. waiting for, you know, time, circumstances, everything to catch up, and eventually, at some point, I'll be able to get my opportunity where I have a public event. Okay. So that's. So what's the nine to five? What's the nine to five? So I'm I'm also a full time student. Okay. So, uh, Where'd you go? uh, Brooklyn College. Oh, that's how you guys met. Yeah. Well, he goes to uh, yeah, he goes to Hunter. So you Man, I messed that up. I'm gonna blink. So, yeah. just so like everyone else, I go to Brooklyn College. Um, and yeah, I'm a I'm a, I'm a full time student. Um, I'm a I'm a little bit of an older student as I am, you know, 23. But I was gonna ask. I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so yeah, that's that's what I that's that's also what I am. Uh full-time student and uh, i also cut hair on the side okay let me find out if i need a haircut <laughs> i know who to hit up um is, is there anything else that you want to be able to ask or is there anything else, else that you want to be able to know because if not I'll, i can take it home from here all right let's take it home right. thank you guys for tuning in thank you guys for showing support and thank you guys for showing love on every single episode this is the one percent podcast um,